0: Welcome, Talk Tuners, to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk
1: Tunes, episode 13. What up, Talk Tuners? It's the 1 3 today. How's it going? This is Stephanie Benyon here. This is Stephanie Myers. What's up? Oh my gosh. How are you doing, Steph? It is like the end of summer, almost fall. It's the end
0: of summer. Uh, in LA, here, you know, it's usual, you know, 72 degrees. Constantly, uh we don't really get seasons, and I'm fine with that, but mm-hmm. it's funny because we observe the seasons. we're like now we'll go to a pumpkin patch, um but there's no you know what I mean it's season and name only, and as I was saying the other day, uh, we do have seasons it's called award season and fire
1: season. oh, I love it, that's fucking hilarious, that's hilarious, I love it award season and fire season' we'll- Right now in, in uh, San Antonio, it's drought season. You know how that goes as a native Texan. It's still hot as shit. You know, it's it's a, it's a flip of the coin when we're in these quote unquote season changes because, you know, we don't really have seasons. Fall is coming. Football's back for those that care about football. Um, I am one of those. So hooray. Just a little bit of normalcy, obviously, in this weird world that we're living in. Yeah. Yeah. This time of year is great, so looking forward to it. But I'm really excited also about what we're talking about today. So it seems like lately, Stephanie, we've been on a kind of like a theme here. So um, when we start our chit chats and then we go into the actual content of the episode, it seems like we're just themed and it just happens naturally. I love it. I love it. So today we're talking about REM's Everybody Hurts. If you're on your own.
0: Added to talk about R.E.M.'s Everybody Hurts today. Just talking about our memories and stories around mm-hmm. R.E.M., around the song. And then, of course, yeah. some fun facts. Uh, and, you know, our tagline, songs yeah. you wish you could forget but love to remember. And Absolutely. To do that with mm-hmm. you today. And there's a lot of interesting history with this particular song, as you can imagine. And there's this um, there's San Antonio connection in the song. Uh, which we'll get to. So it was interesting that you actually had some news around San Antonio uh, rock venues that you were going yeah. to share.
1: Yeah, guys. So just for some context, you know, I obviously, for those that follow me, y'all know I love my San Antonio, um, but some cool music facts around it. Um, so San Antonio was really, really cultured. Um, There's a big Tajano scene in San Antonio. So for those listeners that are across the world, you think Selena? Well, guess what? Selena was from Corpus Christi, but she did a lot of work and had businesses in San Antonio. Um, San Antonio is uh, bread and butter for Tajano, for sure. And one thing back in the 90s as well is that San Antonio was then coined as the metal capital of the world. And the reason why was because, yes, Ozzy did pee on the Alamo. We know that. <laughs> Ozzy peed on the Alamo, um, that whole craziness. But the music venues were drawing a lot of metal acts. And one in particular was Sunken Garden. Now, Sunken Garden Theater is right next to the zoo. It is gorgeous. It's like in a quarry um, type venue is the first amphitheater that I've ever been to. I went to my first show there, Primus and Helmet. So fucking badass. Like this venue is great. It also, um, will host other special events like Fiesta and so forth. Um, the Taste of New Orleans is always there, but it's gone down over time. Right. Um, so now currently I just learned that it's going to get a $62 million makeover, All this, uh, you know, renovation is going to be happening, which is great because over the course of time, when you think of Texas, everyone thinks Austin. And of course, live music capital of the world. But there was when I was growing up, all of the major shows would hit San Antonio, Houston and Dallas, because at the time, Austin wasn't developed yet. So I'm super stoked that this venue that's drawn acts like Metallica, drawn acts like Typo Negative. I Who else went to that Typo Negative show in the 90s? Like, shit, I wanna know. Let's talk about Peter Steele. Damn, that was a badass show. I mean, so fucking Slayer, so many badass metal bands that gave SA Metal Capital of the World name, it's coming back and I'm so stoked. And on top of that, another venue that was Beloved that used to host um Ozfest every every year the verizon wireless and verizon wireless amphitheater that's being renovated and that's coming back thank the lord i'm so stoked and, and like i mentioned stephanie mentioned that there is a tie with rem everybody hurts and san antonio i'm so stoked let's talk about it it's a fun time for me i just had to share that with you i had to share that with our listener base because Whoever comes to visit me, I'll be like, yeah, we're going to go to a badass show at Sunken Garden Theater. So, Seth, next time you come into SA, I'll be like, we're either going to go to Sunken Garden or we're going to go to Verizon. It's not going to be called Verizon by the time they finish everything. But whatever the hell it's called, we're going to one of those amphitheaters, girl. And we're going to have a good time. I mean, I saw Tom Petty. Tom Petty actually opened the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater back in the day. Girl, this place, like, these are ancient grounds. Like, I'm like, yes. So excited amazing
0: and listeners go back and listen to the tom petty episode if you haven't already and hear a little bit more <laughs> about it's like to attend show yeah just a, just a little plug go check that out guys for but sure. we are here um today to your point stephanie excited to talk about rems everybody hurts and uh it's just such an interesting little backstory in a couple ways uh, for this song and of course for rem in general. Just thinking back to 1992, when this came oh. out, you know? So this came mm-hmm. out on um, on Automatic for the People, mm-hmm. the album Automatic for the People in 1992. You know, Pitchfork, uh, they had kind of set, uh, set the stage with this, giving context, and said, you know, remember, 1982 REM were the biggest, most important rock band in America. So of course, we know they broke up mm. in uh, 2011. But then you gotta imagine, <laughs> like yeah. they were they were huge and they owned the airwaves. So mm-hmm. thinking back to that, like Automatic with Peoples come out and um, Everybody Hurts has come out, and it was uh, pretty it was pretty special time for them. I would you know say personally, REM is uh, a fave band of mine. I put them yeah. pretty highly, and. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know you and I Mm -hmm. were chatting before, Stephanie, and I was saying how I'd put Automatic for the People probably in my top 10 albums of all time by any artist. It's a big, big uh, one for me. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking back on it, and I think it was actually one of my very first CDs, too, that I had. And I made the point of being like, oh, man, I got to get this one. And I was uh, really excited about it. So Everybody Hurts is really the uh, I call it the Gigantor hit um, from that album. It hit twenty nine on the U.S. Billboard Hot one hundred. You think mm-hmm. kind of from its prevalence that it almost would rank even higher than that, but over the years, yeah. uh, it has yeah. been yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say, and I would love REM fans to weigh in and agree or disagree. Uh, so one of my favorite albums, I'm not a good people, but Everybody Hurts is probably one of my least favorite tracks from the album personally. And it's not because it's a bad song, but I think the others on that album are Mm -hmm. so strong that it almost pales in comparison. So I'll just, I'll set the stage with that. Because again, we'd love to hear from you folks. My personal favorites from that album are Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight, Man on the Moon, Night Swimming, uh, Starmy Kitten, Ignore Land. There's great ones. Mm -hmm. Um, So... But you know, the one that's the released top most successful single of an album isn't always like the strongest of the album, but it's still great, and there's still fun story with it. Um, yes. While I'm pontificating about REM, I'll just share that on a side note, my top three uh, favorite personal REM albums to round out, Automatic for the People, are
1: Accelerate and Monster.
0: And you know what? Reach out to us and let us know how you disagree with us on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, R.E.M. is such a massive band. I mean, they've been together forever, right? So they are like the definition of college radio. I remember hearing that buzz term, college radio, you know, um, because back in the day when you're watching MTV, watching VH1, you saw a lot of hair metal, you saw a lot of pop. And then all of a sudden there came this college radio movement and R.E.M. was always talked about and um so absolutely i want to hear we want to hear from you guys because there's so many layers and so they're just us they've been with us for a while they're they're just uh what's the word i want to say they're just one of those historical bands that have i mean for me they've been a part of my life when i was young like in elementary school and then all the way to you know adult you know adult life they've been they kind of raised me i was like oh yeah In the 90s, I was really like, you know, super into losing my religion and being like, all right, this is cool. This is a different song. What does this song mean? You know, it's just one of those important bands. And on, uh, you know, just to compliment your top uh, albums of R.E.M., I didn't go that far to have a top three. I just really love Monster. That, like, Monster is my favorite. And I love the song "Bang and Blame." Jesus Christ, that is so my good. driving song. Like so good. That song is so fucking cool. Like yeah. it's just I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, man. Yeah. <laughs> top down. Like I don't even own a top down car, but if I had one, top down, <laughs> open road. I mean, I drive a fucking Blazer, so anyway, it's a Chevy Blazer. I'm like hell yeah. You know, open road, let's go, bang and blame, badass song. And, uh, Stopping you know, in myself the from karaoke. <laughs> right? Exactly. I will exactly. start singing. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm always singing stuff, so I think it's time for you to share your beautiful voice with our listeners. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, R.E.M., right? There's so much to talk about. When you think about R.E.M., we all know that Michael Stipe, which was the frontman, is Pretty much the face of R.E.M. And let's just kind of stop there. When did my first intro into R.E.M. was Stand. And I'm bringing back what because I watched a lot of MTV. And that was the first video that I saw in the buzz of college radio. And I thought it was geeky. I thought it was fun. It made me laugh. It was different, right? Because I'm used to seeing grown ass men with teased out hair and Aquanet talking about chicks and booze and all sorts of shit. And then here comes these regular ass dudes talking about staying in the place where you live. (laughs) And I was a child. It was weird. So what was your intro? (laughs) Um,
0: I was trying to think back and actually I think it was into the world as we know it. Nice. Probably Um, it, but uh, it's weird because it's one of those times too where it's like they maybe were, seemed always in my consciousness or enough to be like, oh, right, this band's always been around, but it's like, man, what? when did I kind of first have that of them and it's probably just, yeah, when I'd started watching like
1: VH1, kind of back in the day, yeah. VH1 played music yeah. videos. Right, exactly. And see, and on that that note, think about it. So R.E.M. was definitely a breakthrough, right, through all the hair clutter, started the alternative, the college radio wave. But the cool thing, I mean, talking about Michael Stipe, is that Kurt Cobain and Michael Stipe had a bromance. And how cool is that? Because Nirvana is definitely that band as well that you think about breaking through the clutter bringing on, you know, the grunge on a movement, right? Well, R.E.M. did it too, but just on a softer scale. R.E.M. has a big-ass legion of fans, just as Nirvana. Um, And I love that Kurt and Mike were, like, loving on each other when, unfortunately, you know, Kurt Cobain took his life. Um, He was there for Courtney Love, and it, it was very well documented. You saw that relationship. Even when Kurt was alive, you, you saw it like documented um, in different magazines that they would be hanging out and spin Rolling Stone. You would see clips on like MTV news. So really love it. Um, that was really cool. And R.E.M. just makes some, I mean, just like Nirvana makes music that lasts for generations. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, kids that are born today later in life, they're going to hear some R.E.M. And, and jam with it. And I love the fact that you said um on the the, uh bringing back it's the end of the world as we know it for those guys that haven't heard it it's a fun song it's fast it's like oh my god it's the end of the world right well I did a fucking music video to that as a project in high school and my radio television and film class and literally it was me and my friend Clint going crazy in a fucking field Like we had props of like what we would say it's the end of the world, so here's a meteor from the sky. Like it was, you know, it was so homemade. It was like, okay, here's the video, here's this random land, and here's me on a ladder behind the camera throwing what I think would be a meteor into the fucking field because it's the end of the world, it's collapsing, it's the apocalypse. Anyway, I'm getting silly, but um, yeah, and uh, and you know, and then on the, the side of everybody hurts Everybody Hurts is a great song, but it's fucking depressing. It is. It is depressing. It's beautiful, and but we're talking about it today because it is one of those songs that is stuck with us, and um, it's still relevant today. Let's talk about some facts. Now, you got a lot of research on this, it's a it's such an interesting
0: song, and it's. I think we, as we're kind of uh, hinting at, it, it was a bit of a departure for them. Um, yeah. but something that I thought, and this was from far out magazine wrote that I was like, that really resonated is, um, they said, REM wrote, everybody hurt to save people's lives. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And, uh, they would added, you know, uh, everything about the song was designed to stop, uh, stop teenagers from committing suicide.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, I thought that was uh, pretty incredible. Uh, so, you know, it's like, good God, how do you, how do you even yeah. begin with something like that? but it resonated with a lot of folks. Uh, It's been ranked uh, from Q Magazine as number 31 in 1,001 best songs ever, which is pretty incredible. It was mostly written by Bill Berry, drummer of course, and was intended Mm -hmm. to, or was originally a country Western style song. So I was like, oh, that's fascinating. What would that have sounded like, right? Uh, What? Wow right? Like, I don't even know, but I'm interested in that. And they always put their own stamp and they do have influences elsewhere, I feel like, um, with country and in some of their other songs. But I was like, Oh, wow. Interesting that we started there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, Peter Buck also had said, he just said, um, straight out, you know, the reason the lyrics are so atypically straightforward is because this was aimed at teenagers. So he okay. said that um, straight up and you kind of like, look at that in context of sometimes their other lyrics um, in this album and others. And you're like, yeah, this is, this mm-hmm. is quite a different song for them. Um, and it's a, uh, yeah, just supposed to be structurally very different and also originally supposed to have a uh, Patti Smith as the second vocal, which would have been, wow. as you can imagine, just a very different song than it mm-hmm. was. It's got this uh, powerful stipe vocals on it but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it would have sounded like wow so fascinating fascinating song you know
1: it is absolutely I'm just kind of just stuck and just got like, contemplating everything that uh you just said and I'm like wow I couldn't imagine this as a country song it's just the song just doesn't need to be remade it's just perfect it's with REM and I couldn't even imagine Patti Smith on it Wow, I mean I'm sure it'd be great but because you know Hattie Smith's a great artist, but man, this is all REM. I couldn't imagine it being redone. So I hope this, I hope this song is never redone. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but yeah, so this song, guys, the music video, you know, I tend to bring back videos. I love the videos. Well, this one was actually shot in San Antonio. So bringing it all full circle. In the 90s, man, San Antonio was a hot spot for the music, and R.E.M. was like, hey, we're going to film this video um, up in the, the middle of uh, the heart of the city, downtown Westside. Pretty insane, and Steph, I'm definitely going to let you give some more context, because I have my own story to tell, but I'm not here to hog the air, oh, so go I ahead. Love,
0: <laughs> I love your story, and it's so relevant to be like, yep, we're R.E.M., we think." good place to film this uh, video about gridlock is in the middle of San Antonio. Um, so to give listeners some context for this video, fascinated, uh, it was um, filmed on I-10, I-35, the band's stuck in a traffic jam. People haven't seen this, they should go see it because actually I think it's one of my favorite all-time videos, it's very creative and also uh, probably might just uh, give you chills and make you think but it's, um, it's really kind of, uh, I guess the themes would be if we zoom out and think about it thematically, it's almost like mm-hmm. focused on these individuals who are in their cars and sort of their yeah. private despair. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it features uh, a coming together. I won't, I guess, spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but it's, it's a pretty powerful video. It's, you mm-hmm. know, it held up. I just watched it, just rewatched it after seeing it uh, quite a bit as a kid. And I was like, oh, man, this totally holds up. And then what I'd learned was the video itself uh, was supposed to be heavily inspired by uh, the Fellini movie, Eight and a Half, and, like, their opening sequence. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So that, like, kind of ties together the surrealism. I've never seen it. So have you seen Fellini? I've never seen that movie. I haven't seen Eight i I've seen some other Fellini, but um, he's known for being pretty surreal. So uh, it kind of makes sense to be like, oh, we're going to borrow some themes here for what's really a very different thing um, that was being played at that time. Because to your point, Mm -hmm. it was a pretty different aesthetic back then for most other music
1: videos. Yeah, I mean, it was all party, wrist, rah, rah. And this video was like, hey, man, we're going to talk about some real shit. Check it out. We're going to paint this picture. So man, okay, y'all the video, I'm going to give you some more context on just the area of town and how this all just came together. This is pretty cool because the video was shot near downtown. There's a, the intersection, like Steph said, I 10 and 35, that is a major area for commuters that come into the downtown area. Of course, there's a lot, you know, uh, folks are doing their work in their jobs, going into town, coming from, you know, the suburbs, whatnot. And so was my father. So my father actually was pissed off about this video so here I am I'm like I'm, I heard about it on MTV and I was like holy shit they're actually talking about San Antonio like nobody gives a shit about San Antonio right and I'm like cool and um back then you know I actually got the daily paper and I'm reading the paper and here's a whole spread of why San Antonio was chose for RAM's music video and it's because San Antonio at the time had some of the worst traffic in the nation and that is the reason why it was shot there. And they're like, "Listen, you want people to be miserable? Then let's go to fucking San Antonio. Ain't that hilarious?" So, like, and so now, now I'm painting this right. And my dad, who's hustling, bustling, going to, he worked at downtown at a bank for many, many years. And he was so fucking pissed because the traffic was just crazy. So I guess at that point, I'm not on the road. We were still very, I was young. I was still in elementary school. Um, this was definitely I was on the road to share anybody's sentiments on traffic. I didn't give a shit, right? But my dad was like fucking bad. This damn band came and shut down I-10. I was like, dad, but this already And he's like, and what? what they fucked my commute up that and pretty much the millions of other san antonians who did not listen to R.E.M. was like fuck this band fuck this shit there's so much traffic already and why for like i think the sh- i think the shooting took about three days why three days
2: it, took
1: oh. this- it was crazy it was crazy and so Remember y'all in ninety two, so I was all of what, probably eleven or something like that to that effect. So <laughs> Yeah, right. You're graduating uh elementary school maybe. Elementary school. Right. So I laugh. I didn't. And so this is stuck with me. This knowledge is stuck with me, but when you so look funny. at this video, it, it definitely does from a culture standpoint also bring in the culture of San Antonio. So I don't know where these extras were in, but there's, you know, definitely you see the Latino influences, you see, you know, Latino families in their car, you know, thinking about whatever it is in their life and you see the grandmas you see. I mean, it just really, I hope they were local. Because yeah. to me, when I see this video now, I'm like, oh yeah, that is a pretty good view of the demographic of San Antonio. Um, but yeah, so now this video, I laugh. Anytime I'm in traffic, I think <laughs> of this video and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, in the everybody hurts video? We're just a parking lot and I'm here to think about my life. I don't want to think about my life. I just want to fucking go home or go to whatever destination I'm trying to go. But no, I'm stuck. And now I've got to think about it. I got to think about all this shit. And so, but I think that, I think R.A. were just geniuses for putting this together because where, you know, this song and the topic and just trying to be, you know, suicide prevention and just trying to metabolize what's going on through your life. Yeah. A lot of us do that in our vehicles.
0: Yeah, they're right. That's
1: fucking genius. Uh You know? So, I mean, it's so true, though. I mean, people go for drives to clear their head or Mm -hmm. Like me, I get in my car not to clear my head. I get in my car to go somewhere to escape wherever the fuck it was happening. (laughs) That's my getaway car, right? My getaway ride. But when you're stuck in traffic, you have nothing else to do but face it. Just face whatever the hell is on your, on the forefront of your mind. And man, R.E.M., that was something else. Something else. Um, Yeah. Woo. Wow.
0: So this is funny Stephanie because when you kind of uh, chatted with me about this story before and I think it's absolutely hilarious though your poor dad um that, that was kind of in the middle mm-hmm. of all this I didn't realize that it was filmed over the course of three days which of course everybody would hate REM by the end of that like I thought they were like yeah we're gonna stop traffic for a day people are gonna be pissed whatever but it's like good god three days in a row no wonder people were ready to
1: maybe revolt yeah. I mean, dude, I swear to God, it was, it was over a course of a couple of days. So it was like crazy. So my dad was extra salty. <laughs> that's,
0: that's so funny. I'm just imagining him to being like, really?
1: Yeah, exactly. He's like, man, I'm not happy right now. Whatever was going on in his daily life. He was like, well, the job, maybe his boss has pissed him off or whatever. And now he's got to deal with this rock and roll band. Ah, uh, funny as shit, man. Funny as shit. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Wow. That's a lot to process,
0: but... I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Yeah. Uh, even though, you know, at age at age 12, you didn't have to get out on the road, but but poor San Antonio. I kind of feel like Arya might still want to try to pay tribute to San yeah. Antonio after all of that. Yeah, maybe they'll end up coming back and doing, you know... I know Stipe has said, yeah, we're not going to... We're not going to come back. We've broken up. But I wonder if they would come back and do some live shows in these renovated, new venues um, because they're be so awesome. yeah, because they're so good live, and everybody knows like that's what they're known for are these incredible live shows. Uh, they were known even before they made it big. Um, they were their live shows were their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the chance to see them uh, at Madison square garden in awesome. 2008. Uh, yeah. And it was, I'm so glad I went like, that was a near religious experience. I always say walked it. Like I was like, I almost was uh, crying at times. It was just like, Oh, oh my goodness. God. Like they're I can't even, I can't even really describe like the scope and the scale of the show, but I had kind of, I guess this is sort of a funny observation to have, Um, Sometimes they see them as like these living, walking, breathing time travelers in terms Mm -hmm. of how they've traversed these different eras and bringing. I mean, it's like they're living they're living music history in a way they are living and walking and breathing music history in a way. And you kind of get the sense, I feel like even being in the room with them, that you have that history in the room Mm -hmm. with you um, in watching them play. And uh, I was so glad to be able to see them before they broke up um, in 2011. Uh, and like I said, like these bands keep going back together, like they keep coming back around. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping eventually they'll change their mind on that. But you know, Michael Stipe don't seem like he's gonna do it.
1: I know, man, breaking my heart because we were supposed to see him together at Jones Beach. Thing. <laughs> fucking year. No, and Anyway, they, they played it. It was a really good lineup. It was the National, uh, Modest Mouse, and R.E.M., and for those folks that aren't familiar with Jones Beach, that's actually in Long Island, New York, so, um, yeah. you know, yes, yeah. so you can get there by public transportation, which we did because we weren't renting a car, but it, it's a trek. It's a trek. Yeah, it's a commitment. No, And we got out there troopers and it was summertime. It was awesome. But guess what came a tor- torrential downpour with a crazy thunderstorm attached to it. And so literally the whole entire crowd was like hanging out in shelter in the restrooms yeah. under, cause it was an amphitheater. So it wasn't covered and yeah. the stands were like metal. And so it's like, yeah, well this lightning like hell. So let me not just stand and sit in my seat here with all this metal around me and get electrocuted. So like yeah. there was there was a big delay and it was crazy. Everyone was a little nervous. Oh, I know I was. I was like, what the hell is happening?
0: Under <laughs> those metal bleachers, right? Like it was like, yes. oh it's a lightning storm. Let's go stand under these metal bleachers because there was no other place to stand.
1: Yeah, and it's like you were just screwed. I mean, I was just like, "Oh my god!" And this this rain was nowhere was not to joke with. So we ended up going back, and I'm just I'm so sad because I haven't been able to see them. But but REM will always have a place in my heart. I always feel close to them since they shot a video in my hometown. And they won an award. So um, they won an award. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. But it's so funny that you mentioned that. the show that was just like the show that was not meant to be as I call it. Um, But yeah, we're out there with our friend, Lucy, we're like pretty stoked. And um, to your point, it's a commitment to get out there. And it was 2008 and this was pre Uber. So it's like, you're taking a private cab or you're taking, I believe their bus, which was, you know, concert bus is certainly a theme of this show. Um, But (laughs) We were out there like, okay, when you're out in Jones beach, it wasn't like, okay, cool. Now I'm just going to, hop on whatever is here it's like it's raining there's no place to go and also we can't get a car so probably took our life in our hands trying to make mm-hmm. sure that we saw RAM day um i think i read they uh they were it was like three hour delay that night and they ended up playing late but at that point we were like oh we feel like this is gonna get canceled
1: so we yeah no again. it's i mean come on guys for those that stuck it out i totally get it but yeah girl no so,
0: yeah at that point we were i think we were prioritizing our safety as we should um and we were like let's go i think there was um there was something that came around where it was like oh we can quickly get out of here and it was like well we have to or we're gonna end up under these metal bleachers <laughs> and be like was it worth our lives i don't know but anyway i'm sorry that uh we had to miss their set i believe we'd uh the first one's modest mouse we got to see yeah, but I'm sorry that you had to miss R.E.M. on that go-round.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you got to see them, though. That's awesome, but, you know, maybe they will, because, you know, bands say they're never going to get back together, and they do. They do, just yeah. Like we, you know, just like we know Slayer keeps saying it's their last tour, and they keep fucking touring, which I'm fine with. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go, yeah. Angel of Death, all day. But, yeah, um, yeah. so anyway, I want to hear from you, t- uh, you know, from the talk tutors, man, tell us about your REM experiences. They've been around for a minute Were you know, did you used to play them on college radio? Were you a DJ yeah. back in the day? You know, how did that make an impact on your university college radio? So, I mean, I, yeah. there's so much to this band. And like you mentioned, Stephanie, the different eras, I mean, they evolved. They're, yeah, they're, they're really great. And I would love to hear, um, stories from our, from our uh, listener base and, you no, know, let's, talk. let's talk about
0: the REM. Absolutely. Um, as usual, guys, you could email us, Stephanie's Talk gmail.com. We're on all the socials Stephanie's Talk Tunes, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and just Stephanie's Talk on Twitter. And I know we sound a little bit like a broken record now, but please do feel free to review us. It's a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you. And thank you for those who've done that. When I log in and I see those kind words, uh, it warms my little heart. So I appreciate it.
1: Yes. I will definitely echo Stephanie's sentiments and please, um, you know, talk with us. We want to know what's up. We we try and put some content on the socials. We love what we do here. We want to hear from you guys as well. So please drop us a line and thanks for listening. I'm out out,
0: guys. Remember to check out our brother and sister podcast over on Pantheon Network. Pretty great. Thank you. Peace.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.